Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the 29th day of September. We're in Mark 16. It's the final day of regular verse-by-verse, left-to-right study for the month of September. Tomorrow, the 30th, is essay edition. I can go ahead and tell you, today we're going to do 12 and 13. Essay edition is going to cover the Great Commission in I'm excited about this because I've been on the Great Commission a little bit off and on in various sermons lately, and it's fitting that we land on the essay at the Great Commission because I have some things to say in regards to the Great Commission as viewed through the early church and then as viewed today and what it could mean. This is going to be a fun look at what you know, but maybe what you haven't thought about. That's we're not trying to we're not trying to turn over apple carts, as my dad used to say, uh, but just trying to give you another layer to the onion. Peel this thing back, see something there. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow, as we that would encompass really the fourteenth to the eighteenth verses. That means we're not going to to uh, get finished with Mark, but on the first couple of days of October, we will, and then head into something new. For today, verses 12 and 13, after that, and after that, of course, is after Mary Magdalene tells the other disciples that she's seen Jesus. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. First of all, the phrase, in another form, seems to be the way Luke describes the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember, two people are traveling to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They are having a conversation, and then Jesus is there, but they can't tell that it's him. Luke says their eyes were restrained. They were blinded, so they didn't know who they were talking to. Jesus starts to ask them, what are you guys talking about? They are shocked he hasn't heard about Jesus of Nazareth dying. They make that famous statement, we thought he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel, and he is dead, and some women of our company have seen him, or arrived at the tomb, rather, and didn't find his body. Uh, They heard he was alive. There's all speculation, these two disciples. And then... Jesus says to them, Oh, foolish of heart, slow to believe. Shouldn't Christ have went through these things? And then, beginning at Moses and all the way through the prophets, he expounded on them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That doesn't mean he pulled out a Bible. He doesn't have a Bible. But they know the scriptures. And he takes them through the stories. And he expounds on all of the moments in which he appears, the scriptures concerning himself. I don't assume he went to every story and found shades of Jesus, shades of the future Christ, but it would seem that he goes through a systematic retelling of verses that maybe they had heard their entire life, but they had not connected to Jesus, and he connects them. I'd love to see that list. This is a big part of our journey in the gospel is, is digging out, mining out all that beauty. Uh, we don't get to see that without journeying into it ourselves. That's part of the beauty of this, is that 
he didn't write it all down, but instead he, he lives inside of us and says, let's go find Jesus in the scriptures. And that's one of my great joys when I read the Old Testament is I'm not beholden to the Old Testament as a rule book, but I do find the Old Testament to be a treasure trove of great things that, you know, as Jesus said, that, that a, a, a treasure holder pulls out things old and new from his treasure chest. And that's what we're doing. And that's what Jesus does. Now, that's Luke's version. That's Luke 24, verses 13 to 27. And then when they get to the village of Emmaus, they ask him to come in, spend the evening with them. They sit down, they break bread. And as they break bread, their eyes are open. So communion with the resurrected Jesus opens their eyes and they see him. And there's a lot of stuff you can say here about the, the fact that communion is an answer to dropping the scales off your eyes. But we are in Mark. And in Mark's version, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. They went, told to the rest, the rest didn't believe him. And Luke doesn't say they didn't believe him. Mark says they didn't believe him. Mark seems to like to say that about the people who are encountering those who saw the resurrection. This gives me a chance here at the end to throw in a Paul White theory. And I'm not alone but, but I'm in the minority, okay? I'm just going to say that up front. I'm not alone. I've read others who have said this as well, but it's not the most popular rendering. And that is that I think that the two disciples in Mark 16, 12 and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus are a husband and wife. Um, we don't get that. We don't get any indication of it in, in Mark. Mark doesn't say two of the 12, He just says two of them as they walked. Luke does tell us that one of them is named Cleopas, but it never names the other one. And it never says, it never refers to them as men. So I think that the two disciples on the road to Emmaus are a New Testament retelling of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had scales on their eyes They couldn't see their nakedness. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then they had the scales fall off of their eyes, and they saw their nakedness, and they were condemned in their failure. I think the two disciples on the road to Emmaus are a new Adam and Eve who have their eyes blinded to what's going on around them. They eat from the tree of life in which they see Jesus in all of its branches, its roots, and its leaves, and the scales fall off of their eyes, and they see the life of God in front of them. And I think they are indicative of what happens to believers when we come to Christ, that we've, we've journeyed the road of life, the seven miles, the perfect journey, the full journey. When we come to the fullness of our journey, our scales fall off of our eyes. We've journeyed this, the, 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 the systems of this world under the wrong tree, and then when we begin our communion experience with Christ, and that's more than just taking the Eucharist, but it's not not taking it. <laughs> when we begin our journey with Christ, the scales fall off of our eyes and we begin to see who we are. That's my thoughts on that. I've felt that way for some time, and it helps me to frame the Adam and Eve story in a New Testament reality, as most of those stories, if you've recognized, most of those stories get retold in New Testament settings. Tomorrow's the essay. It'll be on the Great Commission. I cannot wait. See you then. God bless.